This is Tom Tolls. You're listening to WithoutYourHead.com. And you're doing it without your head. Think about it. Oh, wait, you can't. You don't have a head. (laughs) Oh, man, I went too far again. station of decapitation without your head i'm nasty neil and i'm joined by gordon shoemaker filmmaker he's got 10 shots playing at shriek fest very exciting yes indeed oh very much so so we're playing this uh saturday 11 a.m riley studios uh looks like we have a awesome block that we're a part of should be about an hour and a half i think of short films uh so yeah very excited yeah are you going to be at shriek fest very much so, yes. I'll be there. Uh, a bunch of people from the film will be there. Our lead actress, uh, producer, director of photography. It'll be a great group. Have you had a chance to see it with an audience before? I have. I have. We were able to. So, obviously, uh, many of the festivals that we attended were during the pandemic uh, year, uh, years. And we were able to do a drive-in screening at ScreamFest uh, in 2020, and that was very special. Um, otherwise, it was all virtual, um, to which there were pluses and minuses. I think the, the minus, obviously, is clearly the festival experience is being there with people. Um, but uh, the plus was uh, all those Zoom events and Zoom hangouts, different festivals were doing. It was also like a really neat way to just get to know a lot more people. And uh, it was so, yeah. Yeah. yeah, people, uh, you know, did the best they could during the time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it was it was interesting time, but um, still very happy. We've done a lot of cool festivals. 
Um, and um, now really looking forward to Shriekfest because this will be the first time we're back because they just they postponed it. They didn't yeah. do 2020. And I, and I think that was a, a great idea to just wait and wait to do the whole big normal festival. Um, so I'm very excited for that, for the back back on a red carpet again. That's going to be great. Now, uh, looking over your other uh, work, you're not necessarily, you know, a horror uh, filmmaker. No, no not as, but I'm, I'm more and more so. So the, um, yeah, an interesting question. So I love all sorts of different genres. I've never, ever saw myself as someone who's going to work in just one. But I would say that fantasy itself and the fantasy in the largest term is, is what I love because um, I did two short ghost movies and again ghost movies that they weren't scary as such but if one was a drama one was uh, a, a poetry uh, short um and again just still i'm still in that realm of the fantastic um and i could also go off on a whole thing that i i sort of believe all art on some level or another is fantasy even if it's just a photograph of a real moment it's 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 only thing that's real is your reality uh, and even a photograph, that's a, that's a fantasy because you can't freeze time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so horror and thriller um, are very much a part of my life. My first feature film is going to be a horror film. Oh, nice. um, yeah, and I think that uh, and we'll be shooting that also here on the farm. Um, one of the things that really has drawn me more and more to horror thriller um, is particularly in lower budget scenarios, you really get to fly as a director because uh it's such a such a maybe this sounds cheesy but i just i find horror thriller to be a director's um genre in a big way because so much of the effect comes down to your camera work your pacing your tone your mood and i i've been uh i'm so enamored with with movies that they'll make you so so tense just with two people talking in a room and it's all about the social tension, the scenario. Um, and I think that it's just a, an excellent place to grow. And, uh, and that's what excites me. Well, a few things there. I said you build the tension, you know, with a couple people. You know, you can do that in a horror movie. Uh, your movie has no dialogue at all. So it's not nope. even two people talking. It's yeah. you know, basically almost one per- well, almost two people, but there's a few other people. But still, there's no dialogue. Yeah. And so that, so for 10 Shots... Um, for anybody, I guess who, who's listening to uh, doesn't know briefly, ten shots is a no dialogue short. Yeah. yeah, no, yeah. So no ten shots is no dialogue short in which uh, it's about a hunter who goes out into the woods, gets up into his tree stand, and he's looking around for a deer. Sees a deer, deer kind of disappears into the foliage, falls asleep. Uh, that there's a hunter falls asleep, and then he, he wakes up in the sound of struggle. Looks through his scope rifle, and oh my god. It's a hostage situation. People are dragging people out in the middle of the woods to execute them. And he has limited ammo. He has 10 shots. We saw that in the very beginning of the movie. He loaded in 10 bullets. And now he has to make a decision. Is he going to intervene in this situation? Is he not? Uh, And without giving anything away, he does decide to intervene. But as he continues to become more and more part of the situation, he sees maybe he wasn't intervening on the correct side of this. Or who knows? Mm-hmm. It's very much up to, I mean, I have what I believe and what I think is going on, but it's not totally about that in this movie. Uh, I've had a lot of uh, diverse reactions and thoughts on what is going on and, and what it means. I really, really like that. 
that's one of the powers of doing something no dialogue. Yeah, I do this in my notes, the mystery of what's going on. Uh, I like that, too, uh, especially in a short, you know, you uh, short, you kind of dropped in somewhere, you know, you don't necessarily know any background and then uh, you don't really know too much, you know, maybe at the end either. And I, I like something that's left up to uh, to your own personal, you know, take on it, what it all meant. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, and, and again, an attention there that I wanted to explore uh, it's just purely the visual tension. What do you, what does it mean to have to make choices based only on what you're seeing, not having all the information? And what does it mean to be punished for that? Um, yeah. Yeah. So when you script something like that, um, what's a script look like? And when you approach people with it, you know, and it has no dialogue, uh, what do they think initially? Well, so um, so when I approached people with the script to 10 shots or because yeah, my feature shots. film very much is dialogue but yeah so yeah I the, uh, that, yeah yeah the the um so the short film uh it's sort of a funny story i was actually um the uh the man who um decided to take this project on and be our our executive producer a wonderful man who'll be there at, at shriek fest andrew scrivani at first when uh, he was kind of he, he was looking for some shorts um to be working on and um i came to him actually with some some comedies and i was sort of pitching him some comedies and that i, I thought were hilarious uh but were not his cup of tea and i was like oh, oh, oh. but you know he and i uh, were already uh, friends at the time and it was like and he's like well what else what else are you thinking about and i tell him I was like well i i wrote this uh sort of as a an exercise of like wanting to do tension with uh, no dialogue i kind of wrote this exercise and i told him the story and he was just really into that. He's like, all right, like, let's let's talk about this. Um, and so uh, this movie was made with a grant, actually, from um, uh, his company with um, uh, a man named Julio Vincent Gambuto. They had just done a, um, a wonderful uh, Italian family comedy called Team Marco, um, which you can um, uh, rent and stream. Uh, so yeah, it's like just they like me were all over the place. It's from a you know Italian family comedy to a uh, a thriller short, um, but that's that's movies, you know. Um, but so that's how that's how that odd path came about. Um, yeah. <laughs> how about the actors when they see the scripts? Oh yeah, that's an interesting one. So for the um, for the auditions, I actually wrote real dialogue for okay. people and, and, and created scenes that do not appear backstory scenes before these events that do not appear in the movie. Uh, and so part of the audition process was that. And then part of the audition process was still just doing pure you know, visual exercise or just ha walking them through scenarios. Um, but the actors, I mean, the actors love it. I mean, the, the, uh, again, it's a short, I'm, I, um, I never, ha I never had any like, ooh, I don't want to do this because no dialogue. I didn't have any of that. Everyone's usually very excited. Yeah. I would assume it's just a different uh, challenge of acting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and definitely a challenge for our, um, our, uh, our lead, um, Ray Samick, who played the, the hunter, um, because he had, the, he had a very odd scenario where um, we obviously we had one full height tree stand for some shots. Um, and then we had one like much, much shorter where Ray could sit and we had the camera up uh, on a, uh, well, we used a scissor lift for the really high shots, but for just filming him, we had it lower. Um, and we walked him through everything he was seeing. 
Uh, now it's an interesting experience because again, we couldn't recreate everything that was going on right in front of him. We had to just talk him through what he was seeing. Um, and uh, so that was definitely a, a really uh, unique challenge for him to work through, but he did a fantastic job. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, in so many ways that, 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 that's a, that, that was a rough task he had. We're just yelling at this happens. Now this happens. <laughs> now this happens. And he has to cry or be furious or scared. And it was like, now this, now, and he's just like, all he's looking at is just a film crew standing there. Like, you know, yeah. But, yeah. Almost like green screen. In a way, yeah, in a way, yeah, you know. yeah, exactly. Yep, pretty much. Yeah. Um, had you worked with either of the, the main actors before, Ray or, or Lindsay? No, I had not worked with either of them before. Um, no, I had not. Uh, Ray had been on. He was one of the uh, uh, part of the bocce team on Team Marco that I mentioned, the, the, the Italian uh, family comedy feature. Uh, but no, I had not worked with them before. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what interested you first in horror? You said you watch all kinds of things. Oh, yeah. um, so, what interested me first was, oh man, how far back do we want to go? My God. Um, well, I won't go. Won't go too. I watch back. all kinds of movies too, even though. Yeah, yeah. This is for the back for the for this. Yeah. Show. So, I would say what interested me first was basically what I said earlier that I was so drawn to the idea of the director having such a big impact and that is such a thing of thrill or horror more. So I, I, I may say at this point, maybe I'll, I don't know. I, I would say at this point, I think it's maybe the most uh, directory genre. Does that make any sense? Because again and again, you see so much effect come from what does it mean to move a camera through a place? What does it mean to sit with something? What does it mean take your time going into a location when we when does it mean to go out of this location and uh because i mean the script the uh script can just say you know she walks into the house um and in in, in many genres she just walks into the house but in horror what does it really mean just to walk into that house what does each textural moment mean and uh that really drew me in uh when i was very very young um so you know it's kind of an odd answer did you, know, you know when you were young like this is what you would like to do you yeah like to exactly do exactly and i you know i want you know ideally you know oh my god ideally you know i'd have 200 million dollars making huge fantasy epics but uh you know early on i was curious just everything else in the world of the fantastic and you often see grouped together you see fantasy sci-fi and horror grouped together a lot and when I was really young, I was always like, okay, fantasy, sci-fi, they seem so far beyond. Let me, let me look more and investigate horror. What does this mean? Because I was like, okay, so horror, people do this, they, they do this, and they don't have a whole lot of money. And yet they're still dealing with the fantastic. They're still dealing with uh, myth and the occult and the ancients. And it was like, ooh, okay, this is cool. You know? And um, yeah. So what were some of the uh, first movies that uh, it doesn't even have to be horror, but that you were watching you like, this is something yeah. I would like to, to do. Eventually. A super, well, super cliche answers out of the gate, you know? So I started with a ton of Stephen King. I, I love the shining and kind of as you know, it's probably super cliche. I would branch out more in college. Actually, that's when I started to see um, a lot more, you know, I, I remember when I watched the original Suspiria, I was like, Oh shit. Okay. And that's that, that I got 
uh, and that's also because two of my um, two of my good friends were like big, big, big uh, horror nuts, and they they introduced me to a lot. Um, and then uh, it all kind of, as I said, branched out from there. Um, and eventually, getting things to you know, like my like you know, absolute favorite, 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 favorite Netflix series, and maybe just series series is is Haunting of Hill House. Uh, and again, that's more recent. But Hill House, I'm a huge fan of, um, you know, recent new stuff. New show's too. really good, too. Uh, Mike Flanagan's new show, um, Midnight Mass. Oh, okay. I haven't seen that yet. Okay. Yeah, just, it just started. Uh, nice. Okay. And then, um, uh, you know, I, I got real big into Hereditary, Midsummer, um, And then, of course, you know, Lighthouse and The Witch. And, like, I really was because I'm such a history guy. And I love that... Um, the way that the dialogue was treated in the witch, the way dialogue was treated in, in the lighthouse and embracing um, styles like that, that we, you know, most people are usually so freaked out, like, Oh my God, you're going to lose everybody. If you start talking and, you know, uh, the dialect of the 1600s, like, no, not at all. You can, you can do that. And it'd be uh, so more, so much more texturally deep and fun and fascinating. Um but uh, and yeah, and then I just I t- I've studied just a ton of like uh, low budget uh, and lower budget thrillers uh, that you just find on streaming services. Um, you know, uh, I, I love The Invitation. Um, uh, again, just a bunch of people go to a house party and it's like, what's going on here? You know, you're expecting a thriller and every little moment is, is tense and uncomfortable because it's like everybody's so nice. Is this a cold? Are they going to? everybody going to get murdered is the main character just kind of crazy and seeing shadows everywhere and nothing's really wrong you know but um anyway yeah yeah well, that's uh, a good thing about horror too they're all different styles of movies so you know some people oh, yeah. love gore some people love uh kind of schlocky stuff and then but you can watch like you know really well made. not that those aren't well made in their own right but right. You, know, you can watch a really well made thought out movie too <clears throat> that yeah is yeah horror or thriller or whatever yeah and then I, you know, I and still I love, you know, the, uh, uh, you know, I also just love campy good times. I mean, I love, yeah. I love the babysitter, you know, I, I <laughs> you know, stuff like that. I um, really depends yeah. what kind of mood you're in. I think. So. Oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, but um, yeah, so that's sort of that rambling answer. I don't know. It's, all over the place. Yeah. it's a lot better than when say people say yes or no. And then that's oh, yeah. <laughs> that hasn't happened too often, but it does. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. And by the way, congratulations on the wedding. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. We um, just uh, last, well, I guess now Saturday before last, uh, we were out and they can't really see it, but in the woods behind me, also where we shot 10 shots and where I had my wedding. Oh, nice. <laughs> that's kind of weird, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. but actually, yeah. So the clearing where, where we had everybody getting, you know, shot and murdered yeah. in movies. Also, we, uh, <laughs> uh, I cleared out some more of the, uh, the dead wood in there, made it a bit bigger and put the aisle in and it was perfect. So, you know, yeah. it's a, it's just a very handy dandy clearing yeah. uh, and I'll use the clearing again for my, uh, for my horror feature too. So it's, oh, uh, cool. yeah. So, uh, I don't know how much you can talk about the feature if you like the basic idea or anything. Well, you know, I, I guess, uh, I, I, it's so raw as to sort of workshop the idea. So or how to discuss the idea so much, um, but it will be a, uh, okay. I have to phrase it correctly. 
these, I have it written down. I have it written down how I have phrased it. But so in essence, it is about a young woman who returns to the home that she grew up in, uh, where her, her estranged father still lives. And so in some ways, it's kind of, you know, a little bit of a more tropey setup at first. And she's very much convinced that when she was young, there was this presence that came from the woods, visited the house. And it's this fear that even though now she's older, she thinks this is probably just an irrational fear, but she's come back to this house to face it. And she, without spoiling too much, very much believes that this presence, this creature, is capable of killing with claws and teeth. Like a beast, like something from the primeval age and just hunting and killing the way that we're supposed to, you know. And she wants to go out and look for this thing. And and her father says, okay, well, if you're so convinced that this thing is real and you think that that's how it could kill you, claws and teeth, put on a suit of armor so it can't get to you. And he's kind of joking, but she's like, well, maybe that's not a bad idea. So she gets a suit of armor. Now she's going out into the woods. And her dad tells her, well, don't go out there with a weapon that can be used against you. Because if you go out there with a shotgun and this thing takes it away from you, your armor's useless. Go out there with a sword. So suddenly this bizarre, horrific, dark, new age Don Quixote starts unfolding as this um, millennial starting to become more and more of this medieval knight to face this creeping darkness that is uh, coming more and more into her life and conjuring up all the uh, questions and trauma and difficulties and evil in her past. Uh, So that's a very rambling, not exactly punchy little uh, one-liner, but that's uh, that's what happens. So so when you were making the shorts, uh, I'm always interested, you know, it sounds I don't, um, like, why do you make shorts? So was the idea like uh, you're making shorts and then you hope, you know, to eventually make a feature? Well, so just to um, make, yeah, yes and no, I guess. Um, there's definitely that. That's a classic route. People talk about particularly in horrors, make a, a, a concept short um, that then someone will go, oh, this is so scary. And because that, that's that's happened before. Uh, I, I wasn't my plan with 10 shots. I wouldn't have wanted to make a, a no dialogue uh, feature film in the same sense. Um, I would say the goal with the short is, is just to make movies and, and to, to learn, to grow. And especially for that one, I wanted to do something that was much more advanced in terms of the stunts and action sequences and effects than I'd done before. And that would prepare me. I wanted to be more and more prepared for a feature. Um, and uh, I never expected that I was going to have, you know, oodles and oodles of cash for my first feature. I always knew it was going to be a low budget affair. Yeah. Um, figured, you know, and um, so the, um, yeah, that's just kind of like, and, and it did. I, I feel so seeing how much for a 10 minute movie, much of which is an action sequence, you know, a gun battle, um and i mean i'd say so Alvar, we did uh really two and a half shooting days two shooting days where we had everybody together and then a half day that was smaller skeleton crew doing pickups 
um, that first day of filming was just, that was all just the action sequence. I mean, a full 12 hours of, um, again, applying the makeup. Like, okay, you know, now someone, boom, they're shot. Now, okay, stop. You Now, next shot, they have to be dead on the ground. So you take all the time to get makeup done. So it's like, you see just how much goes into that, how much time. Um, and for something that, uh, with my future, where I'm going to have some more complex moments, uh, where they wanted to be prepared and see what does it, what, what does that mean? And not, uh, cause again and again, you see in, in the indie world, um, because you all, you never have enough money, never have enough people, even though I have a great team of people I work with, uh, so easily I've seen in on sets I've worked on and, uh, sets I've been a part of, et cetera, uh, that things can fall apart. You know, when you get behind and you get flustered and, um, mistakes happen. And so it's like, I really wanted to be prepared to, as I said, I, I want to be so focused on getting what I, I want to get and not feel as though I'm out there like, Oh crap, we have to change this again because this, this, this fell through and this didn't happen. And, uh, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, I like that the shor- uh, shorts have kind of risen in popularity. I think a lot of it's the festivals and also, you know, more platforms, uh, it used to be once they ran through the uh, the the festival scene, they just kind of disappear. But now, you know, people can post them on YouTube themselves, or they can go, you know, on Amazon and all these different things. But yeah. but I also like the idea that um, uh, whatever story you're going to tell, you know, it should just be that length. So if you have like a two minute story, if you have a, a forty minute story, you know, because uh, we've all seen movies that are probably a good idea, but they're clearly been padded out to be ninety minutes when they. Right. <laughs> Right. Some so this, number, you know. Yeah, and so this will um, uh, will be going up on um, so Screamfest. Screamfest has a, a YouTube channel, um, and they offered for us to be a uh, part of that. So um, I think we'll be going up uh, probably after we play uh, Treakfest. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's exciting. It'll be on the Screamfest after Shriekfest. Uh, stream fest after street fest yes indeed. Right. yeah uh, uh, that makes sense by the way you're in pennsylvania right yes indeed so um you know most people think if you if you're gonna make movies or get involved you have to move to la or maybe new york but uh so is there a big uh film community in uh in pennsylvania maybe uh i don't really know so i uh so i went to film school at usc so i i, I was i was uh met a lot of the guys i still work with and uh there um so we'll fly them out here for things but uh then i was in new york city for a long time uh again did more work there um but uh so i've sort of met a lot of people there in, in los angeles and new york that i can you know, draw from yeah um but uh in pennsylvania yeah i'd say that there's a uh there is a community particularly in philadelphia which I'm not that far from, um, you know, the more and more you get outside the city, of course, the less and less, um, but it is here. I mean, it's kind of everywhere. Film's sort of everywhere these days. Um, yeah. yeah. And, you know, I'm getting, and I think through this feature and through screening around here, I've gotten to know more and more of the community. Um, and uh, I mean, I'm, I had a, a music video that I did that was at uh, Philadelphia first glance. And that was a really neat moment to see just how vibrant the Philadelphia film community was. Um, 
and um yeah i mean i've i'm been especially on 10 shots we were drawing a little bit more from local crew we get people from you know new jersey uh philadelphia new york it's all and because it's all kind of close around here i mean this my farm here is only like two hours from new york city uh you know an hour from most places in jersey so um that's kind of the what we what we pull from um but yeah uh, what were the movies, uh, you know, not even horror, but like that you just were watching and like that got you hooked into movies? Hmm. Um, well, there's sort of two stages of that. Again, the first one, uh, I shouldn't say cliche, but more, more common. I mean, as a kid, you see Lord of the Rings. Oh, my God, you want to do that. Um, so I, I, mean, I grew up with, uh, you know, just real quick while I'm thinking yeah. anytime I interview anyone in New Zealand, they've all worked on Lord of the Rings. I, I just think Peter Jackson must've just, uh, he just hired like, the, whole, the whole country. I guess. Cause I, I heard, I, maybe it's true. I heard a statistic that when Lord of the Rings was filming in New Zealand, it was like the single largest employer in the country. I don't know if yeah, that's true. I, but. I, you know, I'm kidding. Every time, even I'll interview people from, uh, Dead Alive, which is an you know like an eighties yeah, yeah. movie, yeah, and they work on it. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty wild. Nice, um, but yeah. So I, I I grew up with you know, Lord of the Rings and Independence Day and Men in Black, a lot of you know, fantasy and sci-fi, um, and uh, and then also a lot of um, a lot of history movies, a lot of war movies from things like you know, um, Bridge Too Far and so forth. But uh, I then gotten to a big stage in my teenage years a uh, really really big stage of falling falling hard in love with Federico Fellini and Fellini movies um and um yeah so that was kind of in that stage that then opened me up to my uh, time kind of my love of Italian cinema which uh my favorite director is Paolo Sorrentino who did um Great Beauty and Young Pope New Pope um and uh, in so many, in some ways, he's kind of this sort of spiritual continuation of that uh, uh, the Italian spirit of Fellini and others. Um, so that's kind of that that path. So you said you had a um, a video at, at a festival before, a music yeah. video, I guess it was. So, Just um, one, yeah. Just yeah. one, yeah. I only done one. I've only done one music video. Had uh, a great time. Would love to do it again because I learned a ton um i learned a lot a lot a lot i think i would uh, uh love to do it again the um one of my best and closest friends man named powell robinson who's our dp on this if you look him up you'll see how many music videos he shot uh you've seen a music video anytime in the past few years you've seen something he shot um but uh uh you know um yeah music videos are fun um but uh I think you just need to know. You need to know more people making music. I don't know enough musicians, I guess. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> where do the music? Where do the music video videos go today? You know, I grew up with MTV in the '80s, but uh, sure. Do they go uh, primarily online? Or yeah, yeah. I, I think that's it's kind of because you know, the um, the artist uh, who the music video I made is also my best and oldest friend, and he. Uh, uh, just wanted a, a video to help promote him and what he was doing. And um, uh, so we did that. And that was a while back when I was doing a lot of kind of doing more, more shorts. Cause I had done my first short and, uh, and we'd screened that in like 2018. If I'm remembering all this correctly. Uh, and then I just wanted to start shooting more and 
he knew that. So we did a music video and did some other shorts and uh, just keeping the train going. So um, can you just talk about, in your opinion, what are the importance of uh, getting your film at a film festival and attending a film festival? Sure. Well, definitely, if you can, attending a film festival for as much as you can is the, is the most effective way to get a lot out of the festival experience. Um, and, you know, I'd say of the festivals I've been to, I mean, I've probably, I've been well over 20 by this point. Um, and if you can spend a lot of time there, get to know people, get to know the other filmmakers, uh, your, I mean, your art will improve, your understanding of yourself will improve. Um, and uh, you can find more collaborators and so forth. Um, you know, definitely uh, it's, it's a, the festival scene is a hard thing to navigate because there's so many, it seems more and more, more every year. Um, and they're, they're, you know, most of them are some good people doing some good stuff. Uh, you kind of hear and kind of see along the way, some that are a little bit more scammy. It is a thing. Um, yeah, unfortunately, as, you know, because, you know, uh, you have to, do, uh, for most of them, you have to pay to submit your film and then that doesn't, yeah. um, but my experiences are mostly good, but I understand yeah, you have to look out for the ones that are just wanting to look for some money. And, yeah. My, my experiences have also been mostly good. Um, you know, a few interesting ones as well, but, um, yeah, you know, I, I think there are, there are times I wish, I wish particularly some of the really big, uh, you know, diamond tier festivals. I, I do wish some of their submission fees were not so high for shorts. Right. I get it again, sometimes for features. You know, uh, I don't know, I don't know if that, that made any sense or not, but I think for there are times for shorts where you sometimes see those, those high submission fees. It's like, okay, okay. You know, remembering they must know again, they're not stupid. They probably know that most uh, people submitting are going to be strapped for cash, but uh, and again, and they're probably strapped for cash. So it's a whole cycle, but you know, it's just, it's just a wish. And, but, uh, and a lot do well with, uh, if you ask places for, um, uh, why am I forgetting what they're called flyers or, um, just fee reductions. I don't know why I'm forgetting the exact word. A lot. I mean, places have done those before. Some places are great. Like there's some festivals that just by reaching out to them, the question, um they're like sure and they give you an answer they can use 15 percent off like that kind of stuff which is really nice um but uh i'm just sure i'm sure i don't know i feel as though some of those really big festivals might be able to bring it down just a little bit right, right. a little bit um i'm sure oh they probably would open up their financials look how much we pay for but like, some of their sponsors are huge but i don't know what do i yeah yeah, yeah i won't name any but yeah i know i <laughs> i totally agree in the uh, as uh, for me, uh, obviously the, the the big festivals are going to be seen by a, a lot of people, and I get all that. But for me, um, I like the not I want to say smaller, but you know the smaller. Fe- I like the one screen festivals because um, there's something about watching everything with everybody, and also I've noticed some of the ones I've been to a lot. They have the same um, community that comes every year, and they're very supportive, yeah. and and I like that. And what I was talking about earlier. Uh, just for people out there who th- who want to make something and they think, well, I don't live in L.A. or something. 
Um, you you probably if you look around, you have a uh, you know some people that are into films that you know oh, yeah. it's like community that you could uh, make something with. Hundred percent, and and too, and you know, I as I said, it is everywhere now. Um, and uh, you know, even though I have spent time in in Los Angeles, New York, uh, because you can I always mean, get there eventually. Even if yeah, you know, if you want to, or you can just make stuff for fun or whatever. But it's always a, a good start because if you just yeah. keep thinking about it, never do it, then it's just never going to happen. No, but also too, again, as I said, every single year that goes by, it's more and more everywhere because of of everything with um, the access to to material and uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. It's just. Uh, yeah, I, I think that if someone is you know, in the absolute middle of nowhere, um, it doesn't matter because that's cool. No one's not. Maybe people aren't shooting, you know, right there in the middle of nowhere, you know, and, and um, so it's going to automatically you're going to be set aside as different as opposed to the nine millionth New York apartment movie or the nine millionth, uh, you know, lost in the desert L.A. movie. You know, it's like, so balanced everything. Yeah. Yeah, I've asked people, uh, you know, I get varying uh, answers to that. People who moved to L.A. and glad they did. And then some people, so I, you know, I went there and then I, you know, he said, like, you can go uh, buy a burger somewhere. And the guy making, you know, serving you the burger is also a film director. So pretty much it's a humbling experience for some people. Pretty much. Yeah. And then the so I was getting there uh, for four years. Um Loved the people in Los Angeles. Uh, could never live there long term because of my deep psychological connection to seasons. Uh, and not having seasons was it, it was it was not not for me. It, it uh, messes with my head too much. Yeah, I was out there uh, right before COVID uh, for movie in. In the middle of winter, is right uh, during uh, Christmas, and it was a very uh, bizarre experience being from New England. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I remember it did rain happened. though, and the person, yeah. everyone was like freaking, freaking out that that it was actually raining. Oh yeah, I don't well, understand. Who yeah. cares? But yeah, but yeah, it was it was like, yeah, it was like the end of the world because it was raining. Yeah, yeah. it but, was uh, weird though because it's a stupid story, but the Hollywood Boulevard was super slippery. I could barely walk on it was raining. And then my friend told me it's because it's so dirty when it rains, all the oils come up and he's, and I was laughed. He's like, no, I'm serious. That's why. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. The, um, uh, I remember my first December in college and there's people out in the quad at USC, uh, sunbathing. And I was like, I, this is my, my mind just starts melting. It was like, this doesn't make sense. Like, no, how is this? What is, no, what is time? Where am I? What's going on? But yeah, so that was odd. Yeah. Um, but again, also particularly seasons, because this is a farm, this is a working farm and every season has so much rich uh, flavors and scents to it. And it's a, it's you, I mark, my my progress through a year and, and my my movement through life is tied to seasons and a new season is a new beginning a season ending is a time to reflect and without those uh, you know I, I i know some people just love that that la sun but to me it was just this this glaring timeless monotony it was like another day of 
of just uh, the same thing. I was like, uh, you know, whereas you know, there's really not four seasons here. There's 12. There's like three sections to every season. Um, and I love, I love so much of, of the way that the wildlife here changes, the way the food changes, uh, and the way our flowers change, et cetera. Um, anyway. No, I'm with you. Uh, I grew up in New England, and yeah, I'm here. So, uh, Shriek Fest, ten shots this Saturday. It's very exciting. Yes, indeed. And uh, yes, indeed. where where can people follow you to see what you're up to? Not like so right there where you're living, but yeah, I um I do Instagram a good amount, so I'm just um at Gordon Shoemaker, and that's G O R D O N Shoemaker S H O E M A K E R. Um, I'm, I'm a shoe maker, not a shoe mocker. I make them. I don't mock them. Um, that's very nice of you. Yeah. Yeah. It's very nice of me. Yeah. Um, but, uh, so I Instagram a lot. I have a website, gordonshoemaker.com. Um, I keep, keep pretty well up to date. Um, but yeah, those are probably the best ways. Uh, I know I need to use Twitter more, I'm sure, but I'm not I, I, guess, I, yeah, I, uh, I probably should use it for the show more, but yeah, yeah. I'm not a big fan of it, but yeah. 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 I, I, yeah. Um, so those places. And again, then 10 shots will be up on the, um, the scream fest YouTube sometime soon. Uh, I don't know exactly when, um, pretty soon. And, uh, yeah. And then again, the feature, well, who knows where that will be. <laughs> yeah, it'll be interesting. Go follow you now and you can, you can yeah. follow the journey of the, of the feature. Yeah. Yeah. Look forward to, uh, look forward to the trailer. It's going to be a cool trailer. It'll be, it'll be more uh, cogent than whatever rambling <laughs> description I tried to get. That'd be wild. If it wasn't, I, I, I would be interested in just a big rambling uh, trailer. Yes, indeed. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, I thought it was, I thought it was a good description. Cool. Cause I try, cause I'm, I describing, describing a feature film that hasn't been shot yet is a strange experience because you're going through drafts. Things are changing. Uh, I don't want to, because the thing about horror is that there's a lot of twists and describing something without giving away twists is yeah. not something I really know how to do. Yeah. Uh, a lot of trailers don't know how to do that anymore. A lot of trailers don't know how to do it. And so like, I was, oh, there's a lot I'm holding back. Um, but uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll see. We'll get there. We'll make it. Um, and I feel very good about uh, what I'm planning. So, yeah. Very cool. This has been very uh, fun to talk with you. Awesome. Thank you, sir. You as well. Cool. And, um, yeah, we'll uh, perhaps we will do it again sometime. Yeah. When the, when the, the feature is uh, on its yeah. I'll be. I'll be there. I'll be, we'll be at the fest keeping it going. All right. Very cool. All right. Thank you. Thank you, sir. You have a good one. You as well. Take care. I'll have this Bye-bye. up in the next couple of days or so. Sounds good. See ya. Yep. Bye. From ancient terrors to the search for modern day conspiracies, the tomb of Nick Cage is the new sound in horror rock. Uncover the mystery of old world horror for the new world order on iTunes, Amazon, and more. The tomb of Nick Cage. They're coming tonight! Mostly! They're coming tonight! Mostly! They're coming tonight! Mostly! They're coming tonight! Mostly!
Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The Tomb of Nick Cage. Okay.